Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. And we're talking today about pay, transparency in pay for accountants. And joining us is Dominic Piscopo, CPA. Welcome to the show, Dominic. Thanks for having me on, Blake. It's nice to meet you. Dominic is a senior financial analyst at Rewind and also the founder of Big4Transparency.com, where, well, I'll let you describe it, Dominic. What is Big4Transparency.com? Absolutely. Um, at its uh, at its core, Big4 Transparency is a website where we have crowdsourced salary data, um, general compensation information and job satisfaction um, responses as well from the general public of CPAs primarily in North America and where you can go for free to find out how much you should be getting paid, how your salary compares to others in the industry. And then most most recently, we've started working with firms as well to help firms make sure that they have a proper compensation strategy in place as well. So, yeah. What inspired you to set up this site? Um, I have a bit of a backstory on that where I like really learned the value as well as the difficulty of, uh, of proper compensation data all at the same time. So my background, I worked at a big four firm. I worked at Deloitte and I honestly, I think that I got the best possible, um, hand pot like that I could have been given. I think I had a fantastic partner. I had a really good team where I was working And early on, the main sticking point for me was uh, compensation. So um, I'm in Canada where compensation's lower across the board, but especially I find kind of in the accounting field. And I was actually working in nightlife at the time. And I found that I was like pretty much making more money from the two nights I was working in nightlife than my whole week at a big four firm. When you say nightlife, you mean like a bartender (laughs) or something? Yeah, I was working at a bar. I was doing some DJ jobs as well. And like... That pays incredibly well for a student. And so I was a little bit shell-shocked when I kind of got into the accounting scene. So I started asking around and I found out actually that we were at the time also being paid, you know, roughly 10% less than other co-op students. So kind of like interns in the city. And I kind of, I raised this with a partner, probably naively, but it kind of worked <laughs> out at the time. And he was actually surprised by it. He he was not aware like where we stood and and they tried to kind of like you know like the big four firm like to be kind of like the 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 premium like they want to be the the employer of choice and so he kind of more or less tasked me with saying hey can you canvas other firms in the regions get me real numbers and like we will make it work so i did that at like a very small local scale just you know pen and paper like hey like do you mind sharing this information with me and it resulted in my entire cohort getting a 10 percent pay increase So I kind of had that with just like in the back of my mind, Um, I eventually moved on from the big four, I worked at a a small business. And I kind of got more and more into entrepreneurship. Uh, I was like inspired. I'm a huge podcast person. I was very inspired by like, indie hackers, my first million stuff like that. And I wanted to start taking on projects. And I was like, you know, like, that that experience that I had, like, I bet you so many other people are going through that. So I was just trying to learn how to use no-code tools, and this was the first thing that I kind of launched, um, and it went extremely viral on Reddit. So I launched this in the fall of 2021 um, with just kind of a post saying like, hey, just check this out. I've launched this thing just for fun. You know, Let me know if anyone uses it. And um, eventually, there's like a shared spreadsheet where people can view the data that's been submitted. And I went in there, and at one point, there was concurrently hundreds of people in the spreadsheet at the same time. And I was like, "Oh, I, I think I might have something here." Um, 
So since then, I've been really kind of like developing, working it, uh, maintaining the data in there to a very like high quality. And I've just, yeah, I've, I've taken it from there and and uh, and we've ran yeah. with it. So since then, so, there's a, you know, a newsletter. Now we work with firms on their compensation strategy. And, and yeah, that's where we are today. And, and how much data do you have? Because basically the website essentially for listeners is just a form. You go in and you fill out your form about your salary and your position and the years and experience. And if you want, you could list, there's a way to put every year of your career and how much salary you got every single year on there. But so every time somebody does that and says submit, that's a record, right? Yeah. Um, how many records have you compiled in this last two and a half years or so? So in terms of total submissions, I would say we're probably at just over 15,000. Um, in terms of records that I'm showing, uh, just some were like invalid or had issues with, especially early on, I didn't have great uh, rules, you know, for, for data quality. And we're displaying roughly uh, 13,700 um, single records of data. So it's significant. That's, significant. Yeah. Well, that's like 10% of everybody who works in the big four. Yeah, yeah. So it extends beyond the big four as well. Um, yeah. The name was a bit of like a SEO play. Um, not that I know much about SEO, but I was like, this yeah. seems like how you do this. Um, and just like a pun, like I'm big for transparency. Yep. Um, yeah. And we've had we've had well over 200,000 uh, unique people coming to our site, uh, overwhelmingly from North America. So yeah. Wow. What an incredibly valuable resource for anyone who's looking to get data on compensation so that they can negotiate their own salary. Uh, yeah, thank 13,000 records here. Like I could go and and see, okay, uh, I'm a staff accountant. What are other staff accountants making at big four firms or non-big four firms? And what certifications do they have if they're a CPA or not? The city they're in. And this is all free to, to view. You've made this completely public. I can open the spreadsheet right now. I'm looking at it. Well, that's yeah. going to say, like, the accountants will love this because you can actually get all the data in a spreadsheet and do whatever, anything you want with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think accountants being accountants, uh, you know, I, I fall within that range where I'm like, OK, cool. Thanks for that median number. But like, I, I need to know, like, what's behind this number. Right. So mm. that was kind of the key differentiator here versus all the salary guides that are out there is like you can you can go look at what a real person is making. <laughs> um probably from your own office, realistically. Um, so, yeah. And you've even got here average weekly hours. So <laughs> you can compare what people are making and divide it by the number of hours they're working. Like here's somebody at EY that just filled this out like recently. They're one of the latest records and they say they're working 80 hours a week. So I think you're going to have to divide their salary in half. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I've, I've included a lot of fields in there. Most of them I've used for like various analysis on you know, do more hours translate into more bonuses or how do hours and job satisfaction, you know, play like what's the what's the difference between someone saying they're working 60 and 50 versus like how satisfied they are. Um, and then there's some fields that I put in there that was like, ah, some some academic out there might might be interested in this one day. So I've had a few universities reach out uh, where I've shared the data. But like, you know, there's a lot of like gender information in there where yeah. You know, I'm I'm good with data, but I'm not like a. I I wouldn't feel super comfortable making hard conclusions about some of the touchier subjects on on you know maybe gender, race, pay. Um, so I've done some initial analysis on that, but like the the door is open for academics who are interested in in doing studies on this as well. So I mean, have you seen any trends or like I mean, the assumption is, you know, salaries are up. Are you seeing that as to be true? Like, because you, you have real data. Like, what? Are, What's going, yeah. on? What's going on in the industry based on your data? 
Yeah, so salaries are definitely up. Um, whether they're keeping up with inflation or not is a little bit hard to, you know, that's a little bit hard of a difficult assessment to make because it, it's very like region dependent as well. So I launched this in 2021, where I think we kind of were at the cusp of a bit of a transformation in terms of compensation. So even just from where I worked, I talked to people who are starting now and they're making way more than I was at the time, um, which is only what, four or five years ago. Um, so I think there has been a bit of a transformation, but it happens sort of region by region. Like it, it'll happen at different times um, and at, like for different sizes of firms. Right. So I think some of the very small firms who maybe don't have access to data, and this is something that I'm trying to be part of helping with, um, they will often kind of lag. Like if there's like a big change, you'll often see some of the smaller firms, like they'll, they'll take longer to institute that change because maybe they weren't aware of it and they kind of got left in the dust for a year. And, and, you know, that creates a difficult experience for those employees. They might lose a lot of top talent just because they weren't, you know, they weren't keeping track of what was going on. So I do think pay has increased, but there's a lot of studies done where, you know, when you look at it adjusted for inflation, compare it to, almost any other profession, like we're behind. Um, and I do think that that is very much like an issue in the in the space that we're in. Um, yeah, and there's, yeah. there's been a lot of other trends. Like I've, I've tried to kind of see like, is this um, is this loyalty tax people pay real, right? Like are external hires versus internal promotions being paid the same. And I actually found like quite quite strongly like yeah there is a loyalty tax like you you are paid more as like an external hire versus an internal promotion on average so um yeah it's been it's Can been you, really interesting having access to this being able to kind of like find these and that's true across all types of jobs and industries where if you are willing to hop around from firm yeah. to firm or company to company, you can dramatically increase your earnings. Whereas if you stay someplace for 10, 20 years, you'll get that cost of living increase or a minor minor increase, but it will never add up to what you get when you jump. And the, yeah. the difference over years can be enormous. So are you able to quantify that in the accounting profession? Like roughly, like, like how much more could I make if I switch firms every couple of years versus if I stay at one firm? Yeah, I'm pulling up the data here. Um, so what I had done was to take a look at um, second year, like analysts and second year senior, or no, sorry, yeah, I was looking at kind of first year seniors, first year managers and whatnot. And yeah, I found, you know, I'm just pulling it up here. Mm -hmm. uh, for analysts, so already at the bottom, like there was a 5% pay difference on average. Um, which and is just huge. after a few years. Yeah, so this was for second year analysts. So you've got one year of experience, you're already five years behind or five percent behind. Um and that was so, actually. So just 8%. to clarify, it's two years of experience. That means I, I work for a year at a firm and then I change jobs. Yeah. And now I'm making five percent more compared to the person who didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's pretty uh, and I can see that compounding. Oh yeah. Yeah. So first year seniors. Um, external hires were paid on average 12 and a half percent more than, uh, internal promotions. Wow. Um, 12 and a half percent. Yeah. That difference was 14% at the big four firms, um, managers, it was 13 and a half percent. Uh, and I did this analysis a little while ago. I think I did this in September. So anyway, yeah. So like when you kind of look at some of these, you're like, that's actually, that's quite substantial. Yeah, it's huge. And you know, like it's, it's something that you should know. And, and I think changing jobs a lot, you know, does come with some downsides, but it's important to know yeah. these things, right? 
Yeah, so let's just think about this. Five to 14% difference. So if I stick around at my firm and I wait to get promoted internally, I am going to, at each level, be paid somewhere between, let's say, 5 and 15% less than a person who changed firms for every promotion. So if I'm really just focused on myself and my salary and increasing my earnings, it, it seems like I should change firms. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a bit of like a one-time bump as well, right? Like, um, I think a lot of the difference and, and some of the message that I pulled out of this was like, hey, like, advocate for yourself, right? Right. And and this is a tool that is meant to sort of help you do that in having these discussions and actually be able to go in with real data. Because I think a, a big difference is that first year manager probably actually like, they probably negotiated their salary on the way in a little bit, or should. needed some incentive to come that the yeah. firm is ultimately probably willing to pay. But if you just got promoted internally, that discussion maybe didn't happen. And you just said, okay, cool. Thank you for the promotion. Right. And, and so you, you end up further behind. Um, so yeah, like at the individual level, this is really meant to be like a tool to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Maybe you could have it both ways. You could stay at the firm you're at and use this tool to advocate for the higher salary that you should be getting because the firm's willing to pay it to somebody that just comes yeah. from outside. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have data like which firms are like have the highest job satisfaction or hey uh top 10 firms people are happier than the the um big four firms or even I, i'd like to understand like are people doing hybrid or remote getting paid less like do you have because it's you don't have filters for that readily set up so i'm wondering yeah i have um i have the hybrid and remote stuff i have the the office model um i did a survey or i did a analysis on this a little bit out of date so i'll probably do a new one i generally like I, I generally share them out you know at uh every three or four weeks i'll share out a newsletter with like a new analysis of like hey here's what we're finding so some of the earlier ones i did are a little bit out of date at this point but i had done one at one point um and what we were finding i believe at the time rsm moss adams bdo baker tilly grant thornton were like the top um, with the highest satisfaction. But I think at the time, you're also, you know, you're filtering out firms where you have three survey responses, right? right. So okay. I'm sure there's a lot of very, very small firms where the satisfaction is through the roof. But I'm like, hey, if I, if I have, I think the cutoff was like, if I have less than 15 or 20 submissions from that firm, I'm going to exclude it. Um, but the general trend, so I categorized by big four, other top 20s, and then other smaller firms. Um, the general trend in that uh, analysis I did was that the other top 20 firms had the highest average reported job satisfaction. Um, so their average at the time of doing this newsletter had been uh, 7.18, whereas uh, other smaller firms reported 6.81, and the big four firms average was 6.72 um, on a scale of 1 to 10 for your job satisfaction. Interesting. So, so I'm better off, according to this survey, as... Not big four, but also not small. These regional firms have good job satisfaction. But that's interesting because that that there's another stat that I saw recently from accounting today that says that it's the regional firms that are struggling the most with retention and recruitment right now. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but maybe that's why they're maybe that's why they're offering good work environments conditions yeah yeah i think there's there's really like a bit of a point in time thing for some of this right yeah. like um and when, when i had pulled this data 
there was a very large sample size for like the general firm things. I'd be, I'd be curious to kind of like do another analysis on this. I'm probably due actually to do yeah. it. Um, cause that had been a new field. So I had added that field maybe six months prior and I was like, okay, like, let's take a look at the first six months of collected data on this. Um, but yeah, there's, it's, it's really, really interesting to see just like what people are responding to at, at such a large scale, right? You can really find some interesting stuff. Did you say you had uh, data on hybrid versus remote or in-person versus hybrid and remote? Yeah, so I have, um, yeah, hybrid, remote, and then full in-office. So that was another field that I added. Uh, I forget exactly how long ago. Let me open that one. Um, yeah, so average job satisfaction rating split up by each. So hybrid was the highest um, yep. at 6.78. Uh, remote was the second highest, 6.76. So pretty, pretty similar. Um, and then in office reported the lowest job satisfaction of 6.38. So still like a, a hefty gap, you know, point point three four gap. Is this on a scale yeah. of like one to 10 or how is one this? to 10? Yeah. Okay. So I asked everybody to, to submit that with their entry. And then, and then, you know, I took the average response here. Um, and then there was a self-reported weekly hours worked. hybrid, interestingly, was reporting the highest 48.2 hours on average per week. Um, in office was the second highest 46.8. And then the remote was 45. So some of that as well, I'm, I'm very curious of like, is this perceived hours worked, right? right. Like it, where does this difference come from? And that's some of the difference between academic surveys and this, right? Like, are, are these actual hours worked or are these timesheet hours worked? So I'm asking for actual hours worked on the website, yeah. Um, like, and I, I ask yeah. for like an estimate average on the year, right? So it's yeah. not, a lot of it is like a perception thing too, right? So that's, yeah. Is there a difference in the pay between these different work environments? Um, I don't so think like, that's something I had looked at at the time. If I go into the office, am I getting paid more than if I'm hybrid or if I'm fully remote? I would expect that perhaps some fully remote folks would be making less than if they had an in-office or a hybrid requirement because that's one of the benefits for firms is you can hire people who live out in the middle of nowhere and they're willing to take less because their cost of living is significantly less than if they're in like New York City. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I would expect there to be some difference there. And, and you know, what people should really be focused on for themselves, I think is pay relative to cost of living, right? So yes. I think remote opens some very interesting opportunities um, I've done some work on the kind of compensation service I offer with some, some fully remote, smaller firms, right. Where it's like, okay, here, here's probably where you should be recruiting based on what you're willing to pay. And, uh, like this salary is actually going to be huge for someone living in a very low cost of living city. Like they're going to be extremely grateful for this, if this is what you're offering, but like, don't waste your recruiting dollars in Chicago, New York, or, uh, California yeah. as a whole, right? Like just save those because yeah. this is going to be below market there. So, um, I, you know, but remote definitely opens like very interesting opportunities for these people. So, oh yeah. Dominic, have you thought about uh, tracking beyond salary? Cause a lot of times, a lot of, especially as companies get bigger and you see this in big corporations and tech, it's total compensation. So they start figuring out like, you know, now the BDO has an ESOP. So there's equity and the health benefits I'm getting. And maybe I get a gym membership, like the total compensation package. Have you e thought e about adding that? Yeah, I've, I've wrestled with that a lot, actually. <laughs> um, it's something that I think is, is really worthwhile, like considering. I'm also a little bit weary about how many fields to put on this survey, right? Because 
it's already, you know, it'll, it'll take you a minute or two or it whatever. It looks like a it, tax form already. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't want this to be like an eight minute thing. Cause then we might only get one entry in yeah. a category. Right. So it's a little bit of a trade-off. And I think, um, I think like a solution ultimately would be to like compile some sort of a guide on like, Hey, here's the benefits that each of these firms are offering. And, you know, maybe match that, that salary, uh, research that you did along with that. I also have a, uh, I have fields for bonuses and, um, bonuses and equity, but the equity field is not used very much. Like this really caught a lot of traction in public accounting. Um, there is some data there for industry accountants, but not to the same scale and, and not to a level where I think you can like draw decisive conclusions like the the sample size for industry is a little bit smaller so the the equity field doesn't get used a ton but it's something not to be ignored absolutely well dominic you mentioned that you do some consulting uh talk a little bit about that so it sounds like you're helping firms figure out what they should be paying yeah yeah so um i this has always been trying to trying to be a balance between being able to offer this as a service and then kind of holding up my end of the bargain where I really want to have this for free for for accountants who want to better their careers, right? So essentially, I I just do more in-depth analysis on the data. And I'll share out kind of like a quarterly update. And I'll share it when it gets uh, when the data is like thoroughly cleaned, you'll receive this so you can be sure that everything's been reviewed and cleaned and, and whatnot when you're receiving it. And it'll have like, a lot of kind of analysis on the the relevant areas where you're working in percentiles and and you know will align with your strategy on that um and yeah it's been interesting it's a different service for different firms so actually i work with one of the big four firms in canada um and for them it's really just like give me the data and go away because we have data analysts who are better than you at this right um, so that's fantastic. And then some of the smaller firms, it's been a little bit more tailored where it's like, okay, I'll do some preliminary analysis. And, um, ultimately I don't want to be telling you how to set your strategy and run your business. Cause this is a huge part of the business, but I will empower you to do so in a way where you are very accurate in your strategy, right? Like you're not going to think, oh, I'm actually very generous and I'm paying really well and you're way behind market. I will say, okay, cool. If you want to pay roughly around this percentile, here's the data to be able to properly do so. Um, I'm I'm not there to kind of tell you how to run your firm. I have not run an accounting firm either, right? So it's 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 empowering them to do so. Yeah. So if somebody's interested in consulting with you on pay for their firm, where should they go? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm I'm uh, I have a contact me field on the website, so on bigfortransparency.com. Um, or I'm very accessible via email. So dom, D-O-M, at big4transparency.com. Great. Um, I'm on all kinds of other platforms. You can probably just search up the website. But um, yeah, those are kind of the main the main points of contact for me. Yeah. And if you want to help out and contribute your salary information to this giant spreadsheet, go to big4transparency.com and fill out the form. You can also view the spreadsheet without even submitting. Just scroll down to open the salary spreadsheet and you can open the Google Sheet and take a look at what people are making. Uh, I just filtered and I found that like a staff accountant at a non-Big Four is making something like, I, I, I closed it, so I lost it. But it was like $75,000, $76,000 a year uh, with like one or two years of experience, which is actually a lot more. That's a big change from uh, what we have been hearing. So like it looks like salaries are going up. Uh, but I don't know. We'll have to dig into it more to see if, if that's a positive trend. So yeah, Absolutely. 
Uh, Dominic, thanks so much for your time. We've got to go. Really appreciate you joining the show and uh, best of luck to you on all your endeavors. Thanks a lot for having me on.